0: I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum.
1: Here we go!
2: This is the Virtual Real Estate Investor Podcast with Vincent Polisi. Buckle your seat, buckle your seatbelt and prepare to learn how to legally make six figures investing in real estate with no money, no credit check, and nothing but a computer and internet connection. Learn
0: how you, too, can begin generating buyers and sellers for free today, and why you're only two calls away
2: from making a $10,000 or more payday while never leaving the comfort of your home. And now, your host, the virtual real estate investor, Vincent Polisi.
1: Buyers are liars and sellers are non-truth tellers. In this buyer boot camp, you're going to get to hear a live one-on-one coaching call I did with my JV partners in a mastermind, as well as hear from a live buyer that we closed a deal with, and hear exactly what motivated him to do a deal our way. It doesn't get any more transparent than this. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closes only. <laughs>
2: You think I'm with you? I am not with you. And now it's time for coffees for closers only. Listen as Vincent walks you step by step through sales closing techniques, objection handling, pre-qualification questions, the four buying personality types, NLP, and everything related to professionally closing sales. So you've read
1: you read the book, right? What's that? You've read the buyer script.
2: Yeah, I've I've uh I've read that I've listened to um your overview of that like five or six at least five or six different times. Um, I have found the uh, the piece about the objections and and that kind of stuff. Yeah,
1: that's okay. I need to. I'm going to walk you through. I need to walk you through how sort of what the process and the flow is. And you already know because you went through it yourself. Right. Okay. So. You just you got to follow those sort of the pattern here, so this thing will make sense. Otherwise, what ends up happening? This is different from what you were doing before. The um because these are going to be you know hot hot live buyer leads right now. They're calling in on properties that we either have or don't have, and so you've got to be able to deal with either situation. So you're a perfect candidate, okay? You're a perfect candidate, and and the reason for that is is because you went through it. You contacted me on a property. I guess I can't remember what it was, but obviously either we had it and you didn't like it, or we didn't have one and you asked me if we could get you one. And that's how we, you know, went through that thing. Um, and then finally found what's her name, Andrea's house or whatever. Right. Um, okay. so, so you already understand sort of how that process worked, And I'm, I can get, if I remember correctly, this is going to keep, was that three years ago. Um, or maybe four, I forget you. Yeah. Yeah, you, I don't. I don't think I had a house for you though. You called in. You'd seen something. You I think? See, I think you're the typical client, man. Okay, and what I mean by that is, is, that you're you're calling me on a property that you're not really interested in to see if I can do the same thing on something else that you are. Right.
2: Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Because I was I was looking for something other than renting, and that's how I originally found the finance right. site. So that I don't recall. Actually, I don't think you had a property in inventory for me to go look at
1: Mm-mm. I didn't at that time because I really at that time had it, it already shifted into the buyer first sort of strategy um, which is a lot better all the way around um, so all right so look here so here's the deal basically when you get buyers when buyers call in or you're calling them back you've got to pre-qualify them in under two minutes because otherwise what ends up happening is you end up wasting a bunch of time OK, right. and they will let you entertain them for 45 minutes to an hour on the phone as you explain the entire program, only to find out that either A, they don't have any money, B, they don't have their leases enough for nine more months, C, they just wanted to, you know, find out what, what the whole thing was all about. And you're not really dealing with them. You don't have that kind of time, man. OK, we got to get you out of that scenario at that wherever the hell it is you're working now. So you're going to have to be hyper focused to not allow people to waste your time, okay? You're going to have to, you know, get mad, drink a Red Bull, do something, get all jacked up, so that in that first 90 seconds to two minutes, you're getting the information that you need to either know that it's time to move forward and close or know that it's time to cut and run and move on to the next one, okay? Okay, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, if you, you cannot dude I'm telling you alright I'm not the one driving back and forth okay I'm not sitting in commutes I'm not working at a place that it, I'm not getting paid what I'm worth that whole thing I sat here this morning having coffee looking out the front window and I'm watching all these people you know in the same subdivision that I'm in and they're having to the, you know they're packing the kids up in the cars and they're they're obviously driving off to work and all this kind of stuff and what did I do I Man, I was in there playing with my kids okay and then I came into my office and started doing stuff so you're 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 gonna have to get sick and tired of of being sick and tired and dealing with all that stuff to the point that you're not gonna let these people waste your time, okay. And if you can't get to that point, tell me that now because I don't want to waste buyer leads on you, okay.
2: Right No, I I'm there and I, I you know I haven't been doing this toward the end of the on the ground real estate stuff that I had had here um, right when things were happening with Lee. I started firing clients because I just got sick. Showing the properties over and over and over when they had no capacity to buy.
1: Yeah, this is on the real on the realtor side.
2: Yeah, so I, I get the believe me, I get the spending weeks, days, whatever it is with somebody who is nothing more than someone that's going to suck the life out of you. Exactly. You a little bit of yeah. money off them, of. so. I feel that and understand that better than <laughs> better than ever now, trust me. Okay.
1: okay, so you, you have to remember that feeling when you get on these calls, okay, so that you'll push forward directly into getting the information you need to make an intelligent, qualified decision that yes, there's an opportunity here, or no, there's not, okay? Right. And, and you've got to do that very quickly because like I said, if not, man, you're on the phone 30 to 45 minutes, pardon me, 30 to 45 minutes, in, or an hour, hour and a half sometimes and you all, all you've done is waste time. You could have been talking to somebody that wants to pay you money that we have a house for already or that we can get one for very quickly, okay? So you've got to do the pre-qualification in, in under two minutes. Period, end of story. If you listen to me, I do it uh, almost every single time in under two minutes if I don't already have some other information about these people that I already know that you know, some question I didn't ask. But it's always the same thing. It's very, very simple process when you're going through it, okay? And... Uh, You can switch it around. You can apply it to, you know, your your own tonality, your own uh, backstory, your own the way you, uh, you know, your whole thing. But you got to get the information, and the information is simply this: Um, you know, when are you looking to move? We need to know a time frame because if if it's not for a year, okay, you you know that you need to find out why it's not for a year. If it's not for a year because they just signed a lease, well, that doesn't mean it's not for a year if they are in a scenario that they want to get out of now because we can, in many cases, get them out of that lease by putting somebody else in that lease, okay? Right. So you 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 know you, you have to be able to see and construct the deal in your own mind, okay, not let anything stand in your way of getting to where you want to go and where they want to go. And what you're going to have to do is, you know, when do you want to move? What kind of payment are you looking for? What did you have set aside for a down payment? Is that liquid in available now, and you've got to ask that question because you know, and you'll be able to hear in their in their tone of voice if they're telling you the truth or not, okay right yeah you know yeah it's I've got thirty thousand is that liquid available now? uh well, no, okay, well, why not? Where is it? And you have to be able to ask that question. it's a legitimate question. They're wanting you to do something, so there's no um insult in you asking them a legitimate question about, okay, is the money liquid available now? No, it's not because you know okay well, why not, where is it? How are you going to get it? What's going to have to happen for you to be able to access that money? And it's a you can very do that very eloquently because, say, listen, you know, we're in a high selling season right now and properties are not going to last. And so if we go out there and we get a property for you and you don't have an ability to close on it, there's a strong likelihood that you're going to lose it. And obviously you don't want to go fall in love with some house only to lose it because you can't get your funds in time. So right. if you don't have the funds, but you can get them, what is it going to take for you to get them? And whatever that process is, get it going right now. Okay does that make sense
2: yeah yeah it makes it makes perfect sense because that's your money,
1: okay, that's where your money's coming from, all right, and so you want to know how are they going to get if you and I don't want to you know talk about it like this, but think about it this way. It's your money that they've got, how are they going to get it to you and when, and how much is it? That's really what you're trying to find out, okay, so let's go back through it again. When are you looking to move? What kind of payment are you looking for? That way you can kind of back into the purchase price mentally. How much did you have set aside for a down payment? Is that liquid and available now? And if the answer to the question, I don't have anything set aside for a down payment, what's the next question? Do you know?
2: Um, you have a 401k.
1: Perfect. You have a 401k. And then we can access that or whatever. And if they say, yes, I have a 401 401- i I've got 30000 in my 401k, what's the next question?
2: Are you fully vested?
1: Perfect. You've been paying attention. God bless you. All right. And if they, yeah, if, if they say that, then great. You know, or, or I don't know. I mean, what does that mean? Fully vested, or you know, whatever. Then, you, then at least you know where to go, and then you have some opportunity. Not, well, I don't know if I'm fully vested or not. Well, then I tell you what. Let's, you know, we can get on the phone with your 401k provider, and we can ask them a question in two minutes on the phone right now, and find out if you are fully vested, and if so, how much you're fully vested, and if they, um, if there's any reason why you can't borrow against your 401k for your down payment. Okay. I mean, remember it's your money. Think of it as your money so that, you know, think of it like this, think of it as your money. And if you don't get that money today, they're cutting the power off at your house and your kids aren't going to have power. And the kid's ice cream is going to melt in the refrigerator because you didn't get the money. You got to think of it like that, man. You've got to get that aggression, that pit bull going after blood. You have to you know, you've got to think that way. Otherwise, you're going to let these people lead you around and waste all kinds of time and you can't do that, all right? So yes. let's go back. We'll go back through the, I'm going to lead you. This is really the, the buyer script part two that a lot of you guys haven't been party to. Here we go. When are you looking to move? What kind of payment are you looking for? What do you have set aside for a down payment? Is it liquid and available now? And if it's, the answer is no, I don't have anything set aside for down payment is do you have a 401k? and, or if they are short on funds, so they've only got three grand for, for a down payment. Okay, well, do you have a 401k? Yes, how much is in it? Great. Are you fully vested? Fantastic. Now you have what you need um, as a baseline to understand whether or not there is a deal there today. Once you understand that, okay, then the next step in this process, obviously, and we're going to take this to a different level because I do things differently than other people. I do things that don't make sense on the surface um, until you understand why I do them that way. And the reason that I do everything the way I do it is to not waste time with pikers and time wasters. I don't have I don't want to waste time with these people. Okay? If you're sick like you were, Rick, and you want to do a deal and you have the money, then I'm happy to help you. All right? But if you're not, I don't want to I don't want to waste time and play games. Okay? I don't I mean who's got time for that? go go call somebody else. You know, go waste time for all that and you especially right now with commutes with the family situation with you know having to work 40 plus hours a week and some slave job all this stuff you don't have that kind of time either so the tenacity of the pit bull has got to come out when that happens and you're on these calls with these buyers and you get them to that process and they say okay hey i want to you know i want to go see xyz property great well here comes the next set of buyer qualifications and stumbling blocks that you're going to have to be able to get over and you have to be able to answer these questions um, in the exact same way okay so let's talk about if we have a home inventory. we actually have a home in inventory that they want to go see and it's available so the next step is what do I do and you know this because you are a customer I mean you're a client of mine you know exactly what I do fantastic um, let me explain to you how this works I'm happy to get you the lockbox code to the property but I, can't, I cannot release the lockbox code until I have an application that's paid for by a buyer that wants to you know, take a look at that house. Now, that's done that way, up front, right then, bam, in your face, right out of the gate, and it makes absolutely no sense. What do you mean I have to pay $37 and apply before I can go see a property that I may not like and may not want to
2: buy? Right? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? Well, no, because why should I have to pay to go see a property?
1: Right. Doesn't make sense, does it? Until you understand where I'm headed with that, okay? What I've done is I've set myself up into a position so that I can close, okay? Basically, I lobbed the tennis ball up or the volleyball up, and now I'm about to spike it, okay? Because what happens is this, and, um, you know, and I'm not busting him out because I, I like the guy, but Kyle didn't listen to me one time. Ivan was the same way, didn't listen to me, and they start setting up all these showings, and then they never hear from the people again, Okay? People go see the house. They never hear from them again. All they did was waste a bunch of time. And that's what, the reason that I do things the way that I do them. So, Rick, here's the situation. Um, the reason that we don't let anybody see a property until they've applied and paid is simply because of this. For us, it's not about the house. It's about the program. Okay? And if the program doesn't work for you, it does not make any sense for you to go see the house. And that's why I have the application up front as an intentional roadblock. Okay, it's an intentional hurdle so we can weed out people that simply aren't serious. Okay, it's done that way on purpose. I agree. It does not make sense to have to pay thirty-seven dollars to go see a house that you may like, may not like. Okay, or the, that like. and that's okay. And the reason for that is, is because it's not about that house. Forget that house for a second. Okay, it's about the program that we run. And if you want to be a homeowner, not a renter, you want to be a homeowner with a tax deduction. Okay, with the pride of homeownership with all the benefits that go along with that, that's the program that we run. And you know, whether it's that house or another one doesn't really matter because if you go out and you see that property and it does not work, then we can get you one that does through the home finder program. That's why it's set up that way. So what I just did was I threw that roadblock in the way, something that makes absolutely no sense, that somebody's going to have to take a stop and take a second thought on, okay? No, you can't see the house until unless you fill out an application and pay $37. And I agree with you, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but here's why we do it that way, okay? And I cannot provide a lockbox code unless I have the you know the actual information of somebody and we can validate who it is that's actually going into the property for security reasons. So you've got two validations there for that. But what you're doing is you're setting things up in such a way that you don't become a showing coordinator, which is what these people will make you, okay? If you allow allow them to do that, you will... All you'll be doing all day long is coordinating, showing after showing after showing after showing, selling no houses and never hearing from these people again. I know because I did it. Okay, I got frustrated to the point of no return, which is why I started putting the application up front in place before you go see a house. Done that way for, to, to save time, to make more money, not to waste a bunch of time. And if somebody gets perturbed and they get upset, whatever, like we had this guy a couple of weeks ago. Some of you guys were on the phone with me when we had when that guy called in. And there was a property they wanted, and you know, it was basically it was going to be like 60 grand down uh, for this house in North Carolina. And he's like, well, I don't feel comfortable doing all this stuff and blah, 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 whatever it is. I said, I know I can appreciate that, you know, online. And he's like, you know, uh, I don't feel um, comfortable with putting our personal information that's out there. And I'm like, well, I already have it all. It's, you know, your wife provided that. I've got your websites, your names, your phone numbers, your addresses. I've already got all that stuff. That, well, I don't feel comfortable with my social security number out there somebody that I don't know on a house side, I may mean, not want to. So I understand that, but there's no social no security number field on the application at all anyway. I don't pull credit. So that's really a non-issue. And like, So he's going down this path of, well, I don't you know, feel comfortable you know, doing this application and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, well, if you're not comfortable with doing that stuff now, you're damn sure not going to feel comfortable about sending a $60,000 wire to somebody in another state that you've never met. So right. why are we wasting time? Because that's what it's going to take. If you want this house, that's what it's going to be. If it doesn't work for you, good luck. Okay. And the reason there is not that I want to make the guy angry and make him go away, because obviously we want the sixty grand. But if the guy's not going to play ball, I mean, this is our, you know, our dojo. We make the rules. Okay. And if this is, you want to do it, you got to do it our way, or go do it some, you know, go some, go someplace else. And it's not to be a jerk. It's not to have provide bad service. But you guys especially do not have time to waste time with buyers okay you don't you guys are trying to get a slave job to um you know make it you know additional money get to six figures for the first time whatever whatever that situation is you don't have time to play games with these people okay and you're going to have to get sick and tired of your current situation if you guys are comfortable if you guys are comfortable i can't help you okay i can't help you if you're currently comfortable you guys understand that yeah, I've, you're, I've, ne- I... you're never going to do what's necessary to get out of those situations the best thing that could happen to every one of you guys is get fired okay, I, I hate to say it but that's the truth, the best thing that can happen to all of you is get fired because guess what happens then now you have to focus now you have to, yeah, you have to bust your ass and do things do the tough things to make money because you have no other alternative you don't have another cushion out there okay does that make sense yeah, it makes so, perfect sense. All right. So, Rick, you don't have luxury. And I'm going to tell everybody else who's on the phone call right now. This is Rick Gilliam. He's actually a client of mine. He went home and found a program back in it was either 2010 or 11. I can't remember. Um, I, think it was, I think it was 2011. And we got him a property in, in Marietta. He can tell you about the whole deal. I mean, he we've never met face-to-face. He sent me, I don't know, eight or nine grand when we did the deal. We got the house. Everything worked out exactly the way it was supposed to. And here he is today. And so... He is a phenomenal, phenomenal resource. He's actually on our testimonials page. That's him, Rick Gilliam. He's on the phone right now. He's a, he's a phenomenal resource for you guys. If you get into a scenario where somebody is um, hesitant because they're concerned about a big fraud or a scam or whatever it is, or they want to get a better feeling, here's somebody right here that is actually a customer that's been through the process that can say, yeah, look, here's how it works. I went through it myself. I got into a property that I couldn't get into otherwise as a result, okay? So he's a fantastic resource man. It doesn't mean wear him out to sell all your deals. That's not what I'm talking about because we obviously gotta, if he gets involved, we gotta pay him something too. But my point is is that you have a lot of tools here in your arsenal to help push these buyers over the edge if they're concerned about scams or if they're concerned about, you know, is this thing for real? Is it really gonna work out? Am I really gonna get a nice house? You got people right here that have actually been through that and, and can do that. So. If we go back to that scenario one more time, you've pre-qualified them they we have a house in inventory that they want to see the next step is and this is a tough one okay and you just have to you've got to take control of the conversation. you cannot let the tail wag the dog. you guys hear me say that over and over and over again you've just got to dictate and tell them how it is. This is the way our policy is that anybody you know prior to seeing or scheduling a showing, For any home that we have, because we're going to be providing you in most cases a combination lockbox code, so you can go see the property on your own, is we require an application that's paid for. Okay. Well, you know why? Why would I pay for an application on a home that I may not want? That's a, you know what, Mr. Buyer, that's an excellent point. I totally agree with you. And the answer to that is, is because it's not about an individual house. We're looking to work with people that are serious, that understand the program that we run, that want to be homeowners today, not renters, okay? And if you want to be a homeowner today, then we can help you, all right? This is the way that the process works, and it's designed that way on purpose so that before you go waste time seeing a house, you understand what the program is. And if the program doesn't work for you, there's no point in going and wasting time to see that house, okay? Because you can't get it anyway, because we're not doing it it's – not, it's not a rental, we're not doing it any other way than the way that it's designed to be set up because of the way we're contracted on it. And you, then you just, you walk them down the path of, okay, well, what if I don't like that house? Then, you know, I've wasted $37. Well, uh, you know, I totally understand where you're coming from. Or you do the feel, felt, found close, which is, Mr. Buyer, I understand how you feel. Many other of our other satisfied customers have felt exactly the same way. But what they found was that um, after they went out and saw a property they didn't like it, that we also have the Home Finder program where we can then get you whatever you need in the market that you're in that matches exactly what you want. And here is a page and a list of testimonies of people that you can actually contact that have been through that process that can tell you exactly how it works and that it does work because they went through it and they're living in houses or did live in houses that since um, sold um, you know, after they've gone through this program. So you have to be able to get to that point because otherwise what you're going to do is you're going to waste all day, every day coordinating showings to have absolutely no success and get frustrated um, when they don't call you back after they've seen the house. And that's not what you want. That's the whole purpose of the roadblock up front. Now, are we going to lose some people that we may have done some deals with because we required an application and everything up front? Absolutely. Of course we are. Cost of doing business, okay? Just It's a cost of doing business. You can't please all the people all the time. But it's designed this way, and, yes, it's hard if you look at it that way, it's hard. Oh my goodness, it's hard. It's hard to make six figures. Oh, woe is me, you know. But I don't, I'm not commuting, guys. I'm not going back and forth to jobs. I'm not doing all these things. Sit at the house, play with the kids, go jump in the pool, go out to the beach, whatever. So you have to make a determination on your own. Is it worth it to do the hard thing? I mean, here's the thing. You got to understand it for what it is. All I'm doing is talking to somebody on the phone. Okay. And you hold, hold your ground, stick to your guns, and just tell them, I mean, this is the policy. And you can use that as the, um, like the appealing to the higher authority clause, this is our policy, okay? And people hear policy, they go, oh, well, that's, you know, there's validation of why that you're doing that, and there's some legitimate reason why you're doing it because of our policy. Well, our policy is is that we don't schedule a showing for anyone until unless they've made an application and paid for it. And the reason for that is is because it's not about the house, it's about the program that we run, and the program is strictly for people that want to purchase a home and become a homeowner today. And if that's what you want to do, then fantastic, we can help you. And if that house doesn't work for you, then we can get you another one that does using the Home Finder program. Okay, where does somebody have to go at that point? I mean, does that not totally logically make sense? Anybody, shake your head so I can hear the rocks banging around.
2: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Okay.
1: Does anybody feel like that there's any reason why they can't do that? I mean, think about this for a second, okay? Because people get nervous on the phone. They, you know, um, closing is hard because you've got to be, you know, firm with somebody or you have to uh, have mental fortitude and this kind of thing. And every one of you has screamed at somebody that you love, okay? Every one of you has gone off on somebody and wanted to fight somebody in the past, okay, whether it was warranted or not. So that fortitude is there, okay, that strength is there, and you've displayed it before, maybe when you were emotionally out of control. Now all you have to do is have that same, you know, that same sense of I'm not backing down in a controlled professional environment, okay? It's not hard. What are they going to do? All they can do is cuss you out and hang up on you. What's the worst they can do other than that?
0: Exactly,
1: nothing. I mean, nothing. There's, there's nothing else that they can do. I mean, so, you know, basically what happens is through your fear of I don't know what, you're not doing what is necessary to make money to get these people moving forward. And to do that, you have to take control. You have to not look like the dog. You've got to be the one that tells them how it's going to be, politely and professionally, obviously. Okay? But it's a policy, and this is the way we do it, and this is the reason why. Now, if you don't want to be a homeowner, then, you know, our program is not for you. It's not, it's not okay? I mean, it's, we're, not a, we're not a property management firm or a rental agency, okay? And so it's designed that way on purpose, okay? And yes, it's hard if you look at it that way. If you want to think, oh, my God, this is so hard. i got to get somebody to pay $37, and all they want to do is go see a house. And what if they like the house and would have bought it, but they didn't because we made them pay 37 Just get that stuff out of your head, okay? Because you're on the phone with a guy right now that paid it and was happy and got a house. Rick, here, there he is. Okay, so don't tell me it can't be done because it can be. And every person you see on the testimonial thing, with the exception of Jared, who was a coaching client that paid five grand up front, has been through that exact same process um, all the way up to you know million dollar plus properties. So if you can imagine me telling somebody, you know, making six or seven figures, look, here's the deal. Happy to help you. This is what you got to do. I mean, you either want it or you don't. And if you don't want it, then we're probably not a good fit for you. But you want to weed those people out right now, okay? There's a, somebody told me this expression a long time ago. There's enough people that will do business our way. We don't have to worry about those who won't. And what you want to do now? Listen to what I'm saying. Internalize what I'm saying because I tell you stuff for a reason, okay? It's not to hear myself talk. Everything we do is for a specific reason, and that specific reason is to get to those people who will do business our way, okay? Does that make sense? And the reason that we do it that way, the reason that I'm cutting through all this stuff, the reason that in under two minutes, I want these people pre-qualified, whether it's a buyer or a seller, is because I want as quickly as possible to get to those people that will do business our way. Make sense? That's who you want to do business with.
0: Absolutely. wickedly effective, actually. I love it.
1: I'm sorry, I didn't say that again.
0: I said it, it absolutely makes sense. I love how effective it is. I mean, it's it's made to cut out all the bullshit. Pardon my French. Yeah. Who is this? Hey, it's Steven.
1: Hey, Ben. <clears throat> so, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the whole point, okay? And so the worst thing that's going to happen is somebody's going to hang up on you or they're going to cut you out and hang up on you. You don't get electrocuted. You don't get hit over the head with a hammer. <laughs> I mean, so what are you afraid of? Here, let me show you. Let me show you what the worst thing is going to happen to you. Is. You guys suck.
0: Hey, can I ask a uh, question?
1: All right, I just cussed you out and hung up on you. That's the worst that's going to happen.
0: <laughs> okay. So, do people but, honestly object to the thirty-seven dollars a lot?
1: Not, not if it's explained properly. They don't. Okay, and that's the. Whole, but look, you got to understand something, and, and just listen to what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Does it make sense to pay $37 to go see a house that you may or may not want? No. No, it doesn't. I'm telling you that. I'm the one that set it up that way and I'm telling you, no, it doesn't until you explain the purpose and you understand that that purpose is designed to save you time and to put an insurance policy out there of money. Because if you've got somebody that has $10,000, $15,000, dollars $30,000 dollars in cash that they are going to put down on a property, and they go out and they see the house and they don't like it, and you don't have another one that they do like, what do you think they're gonna do? They're gone. Okay? So what's happened is we've set it up step by step so that you have to explain to them about the home finder program and that you can get them a home that works and it's not about this one little house because you've got to get them off of that one that one house only, okay? Just think about it. Think, think about this for a second. You guys are going to look for another property. How often is it that you think that you go and the very first house yeah. you look at is perfect? What do you think the odds are of the very first house that you look at from somebody's inventory list is going to be perfect and you want it?
0: Yeah, I'm sure it's statistically insignificant, actually.
1: What's that?
0: I said I'm sure they rarely pick the first one. I'm sure it's statistically insignificant. It's kind of like when you give people three choices and they always pick the second one.
1: Yeah, of course. Right? And that's and that's exactly why it's set up that way, because you don't want to lose them if they go to one house and they don't like it. And that's why I told you guys, when you're focusing on these markets, the best thing in the world to do is to get – penetration and density on individual metro markets so that if somebody goes out and they see a house and it doesn't work, we have 12 other ones that are along the same criterion that do. And that way you guys can start closing more deals as opposed to everybody going half cocked on, you know, 27 different uh, markets where we have one house here and one house there and one house in Chicago and one house in uh, Detroit and one house in, you know, Butte, Montana, and we have one house in Seattle and Okay, so then that person goes out, they say the one house that doesn't work, you know, and it just becomes a big exercise in futility when if we had 20 houses in San Diego and 20 houses in Houston and 20 houses in Atlanta, well, maybe we're not doing business in 50 different states all at one time, but when those buyers go out, if that house doesn't work, your um, odds have increased exponentially of them finding a property or us having a property that could work. And so that's how you make more money. Okay. When I first, you got to look at what I did when I first started this thing. I was in one market only, one, not ten, not twelve, not two, one. That was Metro Atlanta. Okay. I focused only on Atlanta, and I focused only on the, um, you know, the, the upper end suburbs where I had personally lived, in, in and around that market, where you know the most desirable places to be. That's where I focused. And then I eventually expanded out because I got a lot of inquiries of people wanting stuff. And that's okay, but it was all surrounding Atlanta and it you know it was a while before we moved down into Florida. Okay? So that's why when you guys started going through all this stuff about picking markets to go after for properties, I'm like, look, you don't need, you know, so you guys are like four, five, six, seven, eight markets. I'm like, no, more is not better. Okay? Less is more. Pick one. Succeed in that market. Okay? And if there's some reason that you feel like you can't succeed in that market, you tell me why that is. And, you know, let's let's see if what you're saying is legitimate or not. But, you know, and maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe we just say, hey, listen, this week everybody's going to focus on Houston. That's it. Period In their story, here's where all the leads are. We, you know, all the, all the lead generation goes into one place and everybody focuses on nothing on Houston. Or everybody focuses on nothing but San Diego or Denver or whatever. And we can start getting it to the point where it was like when I had in Atlanta where I had, you know, you come to the website and I had 60, 70, 80, 100 plus houses in one city. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I think that the, the team may need to realize a little bit that exactly what you just said, which is you need the density in order to have options for your buyers. I think that the thought process for a lot of the guys on the crew here are, let's go and try and make money as quickly as possible, which you're going to do anyways. But they think, oh, if I have 20 cities, I'm, I'm definitely going to shotgun more and catch more that way when it's not necessarily the right logic
1: yeah I don't right. I don't agree, I don't agree with that logic. I think you focus on one city only, but it needs to make sense. It needs to be you know a metro where you're gonna have the six figure income households. okay? and the reason the reason that we're going through all this stuff right now, guys, let me just tell you what it is so it makes sense. <clears throat> There's two things that are about to happen. One is we've got to go now back through every one of um, Ivan's contracts and somebody's gonna to have to contact every one of those sellers and do a follow up to find out you know, what the status of the property is, okay? All right, and, and where, where we're at with it and whether or not he is going back and contacting those people again, because if he is, you know, that's knowingly illegal. It's what's called tortious interference, okay? So we need to figure out where we're at with all of those properties and, and whether or not, you know, they're being um, messed with and as it relates to the buyers, there's 371 buyer leads that we also have to go back through, okay, plus all the new ones. And I can't handle all that. I mean, there's just no way. I mean, you know, I told you, you know, I'm actually going to be able to handle any any one day is, you know, eight somewhere between 8 and 12 where you're actually talking to people. I mean, that's a full day in most cases. Uh, I mean, if you're doing, if you actually get a hold of somebody and you're having a conversation with them and you're dealing with. Um, interested people because you you, know, you get on the phone you call somebody and okay that phone call you pre-qualify them and there's an opportunity and now you burned up half hour to forty five minutes well that's one one call you yeah. do that eight or ten times in a day and you got a full day okay so we've got to go back through all of the sell all those seller leads we have to go back through all the buyer leads that were funneled out and fed through and follow up with and I guarantee you there's deals in there I guarantee you there are there's no way possible that there aren't deals in there. I
0: agree? thought Steven was done with all of that stuff. So. I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding, Stephen. I'm, I'm, I'm just to kidding. And afterwards, actually. I'm just kidding, yeah. man. No,
1: but I mean, we got to go. Nobody's been contacting them. I think he was just looking at them, trying to see trying to see if, if there's emails that are messing, trying to mess with them or whatever. But forgetting what
0: I haven't sent anything out yet. I was actually going to talk to you. I was thinking about sending something from Sharon, who's his supposed VA or whatever. Yeah. says he's no longer with the company and then to try to get them transferred and warm again if you know what I mean
1: yeah yeah I do but a phone call normally is going to be better we just have a conversation <clears throat> just kind of sort of follow up with them and see sort of where they're at And but the same thing with the buyers I mean we've got to, we've got to follow up with all, all of those buyer leads and I'm, please listen to what I'm telling you if you guys want to make money there's deals there but the only way they're going to be deals there is if you close them the way I'm showing you how to close them. Okay. Does that make me, sense?
0: anyways, Vincent, it, it, it's even, man. The the buyer leads that are present already are actually easier for me a little bit than probably doing the other things, just because we already know they're halfway fishing there. We just got to get them over the bridge. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if I'm ready, willing, and would love to uh, grab some of them,
1: and you and you can. Here's the thing, though. You guys got to listen because it's, you guys are like kids looking at candy, thinking that you know you want to have all you want to do is have candy for dinner, and it does not work that way. Because if everybody stops focusing on getting properties, and we have stale inventory that none of it is available, which is kind of where we're at right now, thanks to this clown, then you know it's you stop generating the buyer leads. You're going to kill the golden goose. So it has to be a balance between the two, okay? You're prospecting buyers and you're prospecting sellers simultaneously. You keep this thing going forward. We get new properties, we have new inventory to market and advertise, and then that generates new buyers based on the new inventory. And so you have, like, basically we're starting from ground zero right now with generating new buyers on new properties that we know are available that haven't been sitting there all this time while you know, Clown Boy has been funneling these leads out other places or not working them or whatever. Okay, so are you guys ready to start hitting some of the buyer stuff? And if that's the case, then you got to also be ready to hit the seller stuff as well because if we burn through all the buyer leads, <laughs> there's no more inventory. There's no more inventory to generate new buyer leads. It's like you know, you, the whole thing just collapses on itself and it implodes on its own, from its own weight.
0: Do you have a typical conversion rate for people that hit, to uh, go into the home, custom home finder program?
1: For for what if they're if they call in on a property and we they go and see it or they call in and we don't have something or yeah, but listen, nine of ten people that are gonna call are calling and they don't actually want want the house or want to go see the house that we have. Okay? Rick's on the phone. Rick right here he's on the phone right here. And he called me and I didn't have a house for him, and he knew that when he called in. He was trying to find out if he could get something else in the school district that he needed to be in in Marietta. Tell him it's true, Rick. <laughs> I mean, you're an actual buyer, man. There's no better resource to talk to you than you.
0: Yeah, that's
2: true. That's how it happens. Hey, I've got a question for Rick. We need to
0: get some video on the uh, testimonial page if it's not out there already, man. That's awesome. Vincent had properties
2: in the metro Atlanta area, but the school zone that we needed to stay in, there was nothing in that area. And that's how I went through the home finder. Okay. And he got something within the school zone that I needed to be in for the kids Moved when we needed to move, so yeah and that
1: problem so you guys understand that house was for sale only and listed with a realtor
0: yeah that's what that's what I was getting at ultimately matt is if we if we know that we can convert fifty percent of buyers that we talk to over to the custom home finder program and if eventually we're going after homes for them. That we may not necessarily have an inventory, but once they once they're putting them on their their little list of things that they want, I mean that's a beautiful thing, man.
1: What's a beautiful thing?
0: If they're selecting properties like Rick was, which is the the property that Rick got into was one that wasn't even on in our program, right? Yeah. And then he, he said, "Hey, I'm I'm putting down a thousand dollars." and hey, I'm gonna go look for properties that I want, and that happened to be one of the properties that he wanted that apparently decided to play with us, the seller did, and eventually we made a whole, you know, a complete deal out of that, correct?
1: Yeah. Right, understand what I'm saying though, okay? You guys don't have databases of buyers from seven years ago, I do individually, okay? and because you don't have that to feed all of these people that are on this call and all the people that are in the coaching program, we have to maintain generating inventory because that's where new buyers come from. They're calling off of that inventory. They're not calling because of some brand that they saw or some commercial on TV. They're calling from the ad, and the ad is the inventory. And it gets stale after a while, and it churns and everything else. So I am all for the buyer first Strategy, and that's the only thing that I personally do. I don't generate standing inventory; and have it happens since 2009. But keep in mind, by that point in time, I had I built a, um, a database and website and everything like that for two years in a very hot market, and was getting referrals and everything else. So I didn't have to about that. I had website traffic coming in. We had, um, you know, you'll you'll understand what I'm talking about when because you know, the buyer leads will drop. Now, listen, here's the other thing too. You know, August is right around the corner, okay, and the time to make hay is right now. It's May, June, July, and August, okay, four best months of the year, period, end of story, period, end of story. It is the high-sowing season. This is when all the parents are trying to get the kids moved for the school districts to get them registered, okay? You got to get everything going now, 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 now. Do not wait. You can't wait Okay? If you're going to do this, now is the time. Because if you guys horse around, no, I don't have time for it, I'll get around to it, all that kind of stuff. And you wait till August, you're going to find there's not going to be any inventory out there. And the, the buyers are going to be, you know, will, most of them will have already bought, and so you'll have lags. That's not to say there's no, there's no deals, because there still are, obviously. People still have to move. People are still doing stuff. But the volume is there now. Make sense? If you want to eat it all-you-can-eat buffet, that time is right now.
2: Yeah, I would yeah, say that, like, Just what I did like last end. year. Say again, Rick? Yeah, just, you know, on the ground last year when I was when I was doing real estate, I did 12 deals last year, and I would say nine of them were between March and August.
1: Yeah, it's spring break to the second or third week of August is the high, high season for most markets.
2: And it was like somebody turned a switch in August and it yep. just started disappearing.
1: Yep. So, but you don't have, listen, you guys don't have to go through that if you're building your pipeline now. <clears throat> but you have to do things, and oh, well, he's going to give us free buyer leads, blah, 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 and I don't have to really work and I can just talk to a buyer and get him on the Home Finder program. Well, then what happens? You still have to go get a house, okay? So it's, it's, it's balance and it's a symbiotic relationship between the two in prospecting and getting, keeping buyers and sellers both coming in, all right? But anyway, I hope that it has helped with um, understanding sort of the process and the protocol that once you have a the buyer that wants to see a house and they call in, you guys have to understand this because you're gonna to have to close these people, all right? Get tired of going to those slave jobs, get tired of the commute, get tired of wasting time, get tired of not making enough money, and close. Tell them, this is how it's gotta, this is the way the program works, this is, this is what our policy is, blah, 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 it's not up to you, you can use appeal to a higher authority, you know, it's not your fault, it's somebody else's fault, it's my fault, it's policy fault, whatever. Doesn't matter, you're gonna to have to close if you wanna make money, all right? Um, we start, you know, funneling out a bunch of these these things and you guys can get, get things going, but we're gonna to have to get this stuff tracked um, so we can see what your conversion rates are. What a lot of people have a bad habit of doing is this, I'm just gonna forewarn you of it in advance, and if I see it, I'm just gonna nip it in the bud, is they want to take buyer lead, buyer lead after buyer lead after buyer lead, after buyer lead. As if more and more, more and more and more means they're gonna close more deals when well, they don't close anything because they're taking all these buyer leads and they're not closing. Cool. Okay. So if you're not prepared to close, you know, let's not burn the lead up. Give it to somebody else. Let somebody else that will close do it. You guys the only people that know if you're gonna close and make you know, have the, have the tough love conversation is you. You hear, you hear with me. I don't have any problem with it. I just tell people how exactly how it is, and they respect me for it because they know exactly where they stand, right? Or no? Does that make sense?
2: Makes sense.
1: Okay. I mean, Rick, why did you do business with me? Why don't you share that with them? I don't even know what he's going to say.
2: So yeah, Alex. actually, I wanted to ask Rick. This is uh, Christopher. Um, just what was the uh, what was the mindset, Rick? Like that that actually tipped you over to the other side. Uh, what what do you mean by tipped me over to the other side? Well, I mean like what what was it that sold you? what with uh, with moving forward with Vincent? Yeah, with the home vendor program? Yeah, well, um you know my situation was we had been relocated to Atlanta and we had been renting a property for uh, two, going on three years at that point in time and kind of hadn't been drug along thinking that we would be able to um, purchase the property. And I was just kind of frustrated with that and was looking for alternative solutions um, because of some credit challenges that we had with our house that uh, we still had in Florida. So, you know, just a number of – you know, Vincent probably got sick of hearing from me. Um, <laughs> it was uh, – a number, a number of different calls, and you know he listened and he was open and he understood what the situation was. And yeah, I, I, I'll be honest, it was it was uh, gut wrenching, you know, going into the Bank of America that day and doing the eight thousand dollar, nine thousand dollar um, wire transfer. But you know, he had spent the time we built a relationship over that time frame and. I trusted and I felt that he was going to come through. So, I don't know if that answers your question or not, but you know, he was honest, straightforward, s- did not at any point in time feel like I was getting a snow job or anything like that, or somebody trying to be politically correct with me or dancing around questions, and I appreciated that.
1: Okay. Thank you for saying that. You know, and uh, at the same time, you know, Rick, Rick obviously the- so You know, there were were, a layering of comfort that took place as we went through that. But I mean, yeah, he and I had a lot of conversations that led up and, you know, he didn't go sign up. I don't think he did. He wants to go back and look at the emails and everything. But he signed up day one, the very first time I talked to him. I think we had a conversation about the uh, money pit that you were in and the fact that she wouldn't fix it. We actually, if I recall correctly, we actually um, spoke. I think this is actually, I have to go back and look. But I think... We actually spoke with the seller on that house, trying to see if we could work out a deal on that existing. Is that what happened, Rick? Is that what we did on the house that you yeah, that, were yeah, in?
2: Yeah, uh, we tried to do something with the house that we were in currently, and that didn't work out. So,
1: yeah, she was coconut.
2: <laughs> well, and I, I will say, you know, you're, you're, you you helped me see that in that process, you know, I was hopeful that we weren't going to have to leave neighborhoods and all of that emotional stuff that goes along with it. And after one conversation with the homeowner, you know, you were pretty clear with the fact that you, you didn't think that they were going to move forward at all. And that was really what, what wound up happening. They had no intention of selling that house to us. They were just stringing us along as
0: long as they could.
1: Yeah. Well, and you know, take, you gotta take this the right way. Cause it's going to sound a little, Arrogant, and I don't mean it to sound that way, but it, it just strictly comes from, you know, being involved in thousands and thousands of deals and conversations and uh, stuff over the years. You, you'll get to the point where you get a sense of what people's true motivations are, and you can hear things in their voice and all that stuff. It's like this deal on with this tenant up in New Jersey today, and Nancy and I are on the phone, and the woman said she's going to do one thing, and I'm, I said well, as soon as she hung up, I said, look, I said, let me tell you exactly what she's going to do. And I laid it out like she's gonna do this, this, this and this. And I got a phone call like forty five minutes later, she's like, damn it, she did exactly everything you said she was gonna do, even though that's not what she said she was gonna do. I'm like, Yeah, I have a feeling. It's just because you know, I've been through this more than once and you see, you know, sort of how people respond. So anyway, I got I'm gonna run here, but listen, understand something. You gotta get to the point where you're gonna close these things out. We've got too many leads that are that are dying on the vine, um, because of the situation with Ivan and everything else and with new stuff that's coming in that I, there's just no way I can get to it all. I don't want to burn them up. Okay. And so you have to get to a point where you're going to follow the script and close. Okay. Are you guys there? Are you ready for that? Is somebody ready to be paid?
2: Yep. I, I mean, in my heart, I believe so. Rick, let's do it. I'm, I'm beyond ready. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I want to see you get mad one day, man.
2: <laughs> I man, I'm, I'm sitting in a call center at a university, dialing 100 to 140 calls a day. I'm so I'm getting cussed out. I'm getting hung up on. Um, I could do that from the comfort of my own home, and I'd have to drive to Tampa every day. Exactly, I
1: make a hell of a lot more money. So,
2: make a hell of a lot more money. Yeah.
1: All right, that's what we're gonna do. So I'll be back in touch in the morning. You guys know what you got to do. Remember the process here, the flow, the buyer script application before showing, why we do that, how to handle that objection, roll into the home finder program, okay? And then think of any other objections that you've got so we can start going through some of these, these, um, this myriad of buyer leads that we've got that we've got to do something with.
0: Cool. Hey Vincent, do you have a second for a question? Sure. Um, Down payment wise, I don't know how how exactly to answer this, or how exactly they ask it. The down payment is obviously what we take. Is that taken off the actual sale price? Yeah, who is this? It's Steven.
1: Hey, Steven. Uh, sorry, I haven't gotten used to your voice yet. You don't speak that often. Um, yeah, basically the way it works is, and it can be different depending on how the deal is structured, but the average vanilla deal, we'll use Rick's deal as an example, is, and I can't remember the exact numbers, but let me just kind of give you a ballpark. So the house he bought was roughly, I think it was like 310 or something like that. And so the down payment that he put down, the 310 became my option. That was the option price that I had with the seller, okay? And onto that, I added the down payment. And the reason it's done that way is so that he gets full credit for it when he goes to refinance. It actually goes against the principal balance, so he doesn't lose that money, okay? Doesn't lose it as a credit. It's not a fee, and it also doesn't come out of the seller's net when they go to close. Otherwise, what would happen is the seller would not get what they were expected at closing. You're going to have a blow up. You don't want that. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. Was
0: the the objection was that it was a little bit coming from the seller. I was trying to help somebody else, and I was having a little bit of hard time get, getting over it and uh, figuring out how do I how exactly to explain it. So
1: okay yeah no it's it's real easy i mean it's you know the 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 buyer gets full credit for the down payment becomes it goes against the principal balance, but this is where people get confused between the option price and and um or the sales price and strike price and or depending on how we're structured on the deal but if we buy if we are contracted on a house at three hundred thousand, we can't sell it at three hundred thousand. there's no money in it right right you sell it at three ten or three ten five or whatever it is and the buyer comes in, they right. put $10,500 down, gets credited against the principal balance, the 10500 becomes becomes um, profit for us, and then it doesn't come out of the seller's net.
0: Easy enough. Thanks. Okay.
1: My pleasure. All right, guys, i got to run. Have a great afternoon. All I'll right. be in touch in the morning. Thanks, Rick.
0: Bye.
2: Bye. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, thanks, man. Thank you for listening to the Virtual Real Estate Investor Podcast with Vincent Polisi. If you found any value in this podcast, please use our give to get method and take a moment to give us a five-star rating in iTunes and your favorite podcast service so we can keep giving you excellent episodes of real content you can use to profit today.